You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 91. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here with me today. So check this out. I have a friend who owns an amazing studio here in Burbank, and she has set up this very, very pimped out podcasting studio. And so we were business partners back in the day, and now she's running this amazing studio here in Burbank. And I thought, you know what? What a cool experience to come in, check out her new equipment, and see what this whole place is like. So you're going to notice... Uh, wearing a, a different headset now. There's no arm attached to it. I'm actually talking into a microphone. So if I get super animated and I start moving around, you're actually going to be able to tell now. And this is one of the reasons why today's topic is going to be on be decisive. It's obviously one of the principles from the book, and you will all recognize that if you've heard me talk ad infinitum at this point about the book. And of course, if you've also read it, and I think it's really important to be decisive whenever you make decisions. And we're going to go into the why, what, and how, and what if about that here in a moment. But let's tie it back into what it is I'm doing right now, sitting in this studio. She offered an opportunity to come check everything out. She's been doing amazing work. Her space is called, it's mycreativespace.com if you're here in the Southern California, Los Angeles area. And one of the cool things I just noticed moving my head away and turning it is a little off. But I generally have a system where I record my podcast in my home office and I have a headset and I have the whole thing already set up. And so I don't tend to like to change it too much because I'm very much into the fundamentals of putting these shows together and making sure that they sound the same and that you get the same awesome value in, in the same amount of time. And I wasn't so sure about coming down here, but it's like, you know what, let's be courageous right? Let's cultivate that courage inside of myself and then let's be decisive and let's come down here and let's shoot this. And so ultimately I took action and, and I got myself down here on my way to Anaheim, no less, for a master class with my mentor. And so why is any of that that I just told you important? <laughs> because in life, opportunities will arise. And when these opportunities come into your life, you often don't even realize why the opportunity has shown itself to you. You don't understand fully what the benefits are going to be, and perhaps the, the non-benefits of the opportunity are going to be. And you very much have no way of really knowing the ramifications of how it's going to alter the path of your life. One of the amazing things that will come to you from this college experience is realizing that so many things that you will ultimately leave school being interested in or having accomplished weren't even things on your radar when you graduated high school. And if you're listening in high school, the things you were interested in middle school are not the same things you're interested in when you become a senior. You're, you're changing, you're evolving in, very, in a very compact amount of time, right? When you're, you're born, you rapidly move through this aging process. And from zero to seven, you're really just having all of all these other adults and, and people just imprinting and implanting their belief system, their values, their behaviors upon you. From seven to 14, you, getting into, you get into this matching and mirroring where you really start to model what other people are doing so that you fit into the tribe. 
so that you feel like you belong. As you move into that 14-year-old zone, this is when you enter into the high school era. And when you move into this high school era, you're really starting to figure out who you are. Right? Your, your brain is optimal enough that you have your own value system. You start to decide what it is you truly want to believe. You figure out things that you're curious about, then you get interested, then you get passionate, and then you find purpose in those things. And what you're interested in in high school will very likely not be the things that hold your attention when as you're getting ready to leave college. And even if they still do hold your attention, there's going to be a natural progression of your involvement with them, your passion, your pursuits within that world. It's going to change because now you've gone from whereas high school was 14 to 18, college is at 18 to 24, 25. I mean, if you're doing it well, I suppose 18 to 22. But in, in this day and age, I do hear that it takes about five years for the average student to come out. If you're a secondary student, if you're somebody who's coming back, right, you're, you're, you're what they would call the non-traditional student, now all of a sudden you've got life experience you're bringing in as well. And how is this tying into being decisive? When you make a decision, you have to really ask yourself before you jump all in why you're making these decisions. So your past can be your best teacher, but it can also be your biggest anchor. If you look back into your past and you've seen that you try a lot of things out, but you don't stick them through, right? You don't take that action. You don't embrace that discipline that we talk about. That's principle number five. What you end up having is this boneyard of things that you were interested in, that you got passionate about for a little bit, but ultimately the light began to fade. Now, light's fading and you deciding that you're no longer interested in something isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's the energy behind why you're deciding to leave something that that's where the evaluation and review is necessary to come into play. You, do you even know why you want to quit something? What are the benefits to staying over leaving? I have a friend right now who joined the military, and they're very much on the, on the outs with it. They're thinking perhaps this isn't the best idea. But they haven't really given it a whole lot of time to see this through. And so when you're only in something for a couple of weeks and you've never left home, I think we've talked about this person in past um, episodes, so you might have a general idea of who I'm talking about. But for the purpose of this, I'm going to leave it vague because this person's privacy is their own, and I won't be using names, but certainly... This story is something that I really think is universal, and I think you're definitely connecting with it even as I explain it now, because you know people who've stepped into something that they were super pumped for, and perhaps that's you that you're picturing in your mind right now, something you were absolutely excited for, and then a couple weeks later, it starts to get a little difficult, a little bit more complicated. It's not giving you that immediate gratification, that dopamine hit, that serotonin release into your brain. And what you're ultimately doing is falling back on old behavior patterns where you left something in the back in the day because it got tough, because you weren't accepted by the team, whatever the reason might be, and you're falling back on these old behavior patterns. It's not how hard you fall, it's how fast you get up. So when you start to look back at the things that you've left in your past, or you may have been in high school and started the flute and ultimately decided you didn't want to be in you know, do the flute. I have a story where I started playing the violin in third and fourth grade. I got picked on a ton for playing the violin. 
thing was bulky and difficult to carry around, and ultimately I just didn't enjoy the teasing. And I didn't pick it up right away. So after about uh, probably somewhere between that three to six month range, I walked away from the violin. And I've always loved the violin. I very much wish I had not walked away from it. But I let external teasing and internal discomfort with hauling this violin around everywhere cause me to walk away from something that would have been a very valuable life skill to currently have within my backpack of skills that we all metaphorically building this backpack of skills for ourselves. Man. If I could go back to fourth grade Jesse and say, stick it out with the violin, man, what you're going to learn about chord progression and harmony and rhythm is going to literally change your life. I still am obsessed with music. I've DJed, I've created my own beats, and that's a lot of fun. But to me, when I see somebody wailing it out on a violin, I just can't help but wonder what could have been. And there's a very popular musician. I've seen her on... YouTube. Let me see if I can open this up real fast and see. I think her name is Lindsay. I'm going to call I think she's called the Dancing Violinist. Um, I had a chance by, oh, Linist. I had a chance to watch her be interviewed. Lindsay Sterling is her name. Absolutely phenomenal. You want to see somebody just totally shredded on a violin and turn it into some of the coolest music. And, you know, I can't help but wonder, what could I have done with that? So going back, to my third and fourth grade self. If I would have had enough emotional intelligence or had parents with enough emotional intelligence to say, why is it you want to leave? Is it difficult because you can't play hot cross buns? Is the chord progression from E to C minor to A to F too complicated, right? Is it not giving you that immediate gratification that Duck Hunt and Super Mario Brothers are, right? Because when you leave something like that, you begin to establish these patterns of behavior. And when you look back at your past, which again, best teacher or or biggest anchor, and you say, well, what am I used to doing? If it's joining something and not seeing it through to fruition, then that's what you're programming yourself to do moving forward. You were courageous enough to make the decision. So when you want to be decisive, and this is really important, and I talk about this in the book, being decisive just doesn't mean staking your flag into a decision. It is sticking your flag into that decision and then seeing it through. This is where take action and embracing discipline come into play. But if you're decisive and you've made a choice, I'm going to go to this college. I'm going to start up with this club. I'm going to take on this instrument. I'm going to see this person. I'm going to join the military. I'm going to take on this job. Be decisive. Be set in, in knowing why you're taking this on. Knowing your why and being able to plant your flag into that will give you that resolve when down the line things do get difficult and complicated because that's just the process of things. I mean, yes, there's some mindset work we can put in around why you might think something's difficult or complicated versus just challenging and fun. I like the word challenging. Other people still say that's a little too scarcity mindset, a little too negative energy, but things get challenging. The challenge doesn't mean that you back down. In sports, you you go up against a challenger and you put your best out on the field or the pitch and you move forward with the results knowing you tried your hardest. So when something gets difficult or complicated, yeah, there's some, there's some mindset work we can do there where you can say, what's a better word than difficult or complicated? What's a word that you'd prefer to use? What's something more desirable you can tell your unconscious mind is happening? Ultimately, 
moving past the mindset stuff and let's just get into the realm of what is going on also within your mind is that when things start to present themselves as more difficult than you had previously thought and it gets challenging, if you're falling back on this old behavior where you walk away, then that's what you're programming yourself to do. And when you're decisive, you've gone through all the questions that could ultimately lead you. There you go. My phone just said, ding, 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 turn me on to mute. Um, You can lead yourself when you're decisive. You'll have asked yourself the questions that will remind you why you got started with something in the first place. And so let's go over some of those questions so that we can get you out of here with some really actionable, applicable steps to ask yourself before you start taking on a new endeavor. One of the things to remember before we get into this is that you were raised by people, your parents and your grandparents and society at large. And generally what I have noticed since I was, you know, back in my tween age years is that there's a lot of emotionally unintelligent people raising emotionally unintelligent kids. It's almost to the point where we're not even really raising adults, where we're just raising kids. And I am not one of these people who thinks it comes from everybody getting a trophy or you know the coddling and things of that nature, because you can still be coddling and give everybody a participation trophy and still be raising adults. You still, th- those things to me aren't necessarily connected. What I do believe is connected is having that hard conversation with yourself when you were younger, saying, well, why are you wanting to leave this? Oh, is it just because your friends aren't doing it? Or is it because it's not as enjoyable as playing video games or it's not as mind-numbing as playing on the phone? Seeing things through at a young age is so beneficial because it sets you up with a memory of being somebody who sees things through. And if you're already into your high school and college years and you look back and you think, wow, what are all the things I've quit? I would also like you to sit down with the list and start thinking about all the things that you didn't quit. Because there's a lot of things that you don't quit. You might age out of things, right? You might have been great at football when you were nine years old, but by the time you got to 13 or 14, everyone was bigger, stronger, faster, and you just aged out and you went on to something else. That wasn't quitting it as much as it just wasn't making the team. It's not anyone else's fault if you don't have a series of successes in your past. It is just what it is. We're not looking to place fault here. What we're looking to do is understand and seek to understand within ourselves why it is that we stick with certain things and we walk away from others. Release that judgment of right or wrong and seek instead to understand what it is that's caused you to walk away from things in the past. It is your responsibility to take care of your own business. And as you begin to leave home and become this quote-unquote adult, right, which is not something you just get a certification that says you are, adulting is a blast. Paying bills on time, keeping the house clean, walking the dog instead of making them bark and whine at the door, uh, turning off the electricity whenever you leave the house, you know, making sure the house is locked up, getting your tire pressure checked regularly and your oil changed, like, This stuff might seem humdrum, but I'm telling you, at some point, it's those little victories you have around that adulting, and I'm using air quotes here, adulting 101, that will lift your spirits, that will tell you, oh, wow, okay, I'm really good and disciplined about doing these little things. Where else can I start to expand this and really begin to achieve in life? I happen to be somebody who thinks that a a clean house and a clean desk allows me to work better. So by being disciplined and decisive around keeping my house neat and orderly, 
I've actually been able to accumulate these little tiny victories. So when I sit down to create a 45 module online course, of course I know unconsciously I can do it because I've been consciously paying attention to all these other areas of my life where I wanted to see myself succeed. So start to enjoy the mundane, the paying of the bills, the calling somebody when you say you will, showing up on time to meetings, showing up early for class, getting things done a day beforehand. It's these victories that prove to yourself consciously and unconsciously that you know how to take care of your own business. No one is ever going to take care of your business the way you'll take care of your business. This isn't the 1950s anymore, dudes. You Finding a woman who's going to cook and clean all and, and follow you around as you pig pen around the house, it, it's not realistic. And is it really the kind of world you want to live in where the person you love is taking care of you? Likewise, ladies, right? We live in a world of infinite opportunity now. Now, I, I like to say this. Everyone's born with the same potential. They're not necessarily offered the same opportunities, but the opportunities do exist. Making them happen for yourself is, a, is your personal responsibility. You don't want to be chasing some dude around cleaning up his messes any more than you want to be uh, beholden to his paycheck to help make things happen in your life. It's, it's so interesting having been raised by a mother who was born in the mid-50s the way that she raised me versus the way that society is now wanting the different genders to behave. She raised me to, to make enough money to afford a stay-at-home mom and be able to have the wife always home, making dinner, cleaning the house, raising the kids. But now we're in the 2020s, and we really started walking away from that world in the 90s. But now, with gender equality and the open-mindedness that society is embracing, there are a lot more opportunities for everyone out there. Do you really want to be, become beholden to somebody else to feed you or buy you things? No. Take care of your business. So that's my little inspirational diatribe on that. So when you're, when you're being decisive, right? I mean, you can decide to be the person who wants to stay at home. There are definitely going to be the other, other side of that, of the partnership who's like, okay, I would be fine working and you staying home. I used to say, hey, I would have no problem working from home because I always wanted to be a photographer, a coach, this kind of stuff. It's always been in my blood. And I say always, it's a universal qualifier and always been in my blood, but I've had this desire to grow, teach, and learn this way and, and turn it into a business since I was young. So I always thought, sure, I could I definitely have a wife who wants to go off and be a doctor and I'll take care of the kids. I was sure I was fine with that, but I was also going to be making my own income. I was very decisive about that. I made that decision and I stood firm in it. I will work from home, but I'll have my own money. I don't want to be beholden to somebody else's paycheck and somebody else's effort. Because at any point, if they decide that they don't want me buying that particular thing or exploring this particular new career choice, because I'm always asking them for money, they could just say no. And then all of a sudden, I'm what? I'm sitting there having been basically relying on this other person to get me by. And now they all of a sudden said no. So you want to have your own adulting 101. You want to be able to take care of yourself. So when you're stepping into this decisiveness, some of the questions you're going to ask yourself, and get out a pen and paper, write this on a whole sheet if you need to, is that 
why did you get into this idea or this club or this thing to begin with? Why did you get into it to begin with? Was it for you or was it for someone else? If it's for you, then you can discover within yourself the internal driver that will continue to push you into it, that will continue to allow you to expand within this new thing. But if you did it for someone else, think about the negatives that can come from that. If you're doing something for somebody else, what if they change their mind and they no longer want to do it? What if that other person falls out of favor with you? Perhaps you got into collecting Legos because your boyfriend or girlfriend or your partner wanted to also collect Legos. And then you break up with that partner. Now you got all these damn Legos and you're not even with them anymore. And you never even really liked Legos anyways. You just got into it so that you could spend more time with them. Go spend time doing your thing that you're passionate, that's your pursuit of your purpose, and then come back and have conversations about it with your partner. So was it for you or was it for someone else? All right, there's a huge first question. Am I doing this for me or am I doing it for someone else? Because if it's for you, you can attach a passion and a purpose to it. And that's what will continue to drive you deeper and deeper into the finishing of this particular new endeavor. If there is even a finishing, it could become your whole way of life. When I got sober and decided that I was going to start to figure out why my brain made the decisions it did, why my mind was led down the path that it was, seemingly without any control from my conscious mind, it literally became a passion. Ultimately, the more I learned, the more I realized I could help people understand this material too, because I have a very unique way of taking the very complicated and making it more simple. The more I talk to people about this, the more they're like, wow, man, you really helped me. You should see about figuring out how to help other people. And it became my purpose. But I knew it was for me. It wasn't for somebody else. Question number two to ask yourself is, are you wanting to quit this endeavor because it's difficult and you're afraid you'll fail? Ask yourself that. Are you wanting to quit this endeavor because you're, it's difficult and you're afraid you'll fail? Because what if it was difficult and you knew you could succeed? There's this fear of failure that seems to be hardwired into humanity. Like if we leave the cave, a saber-toothed tiger will eat us. So let's stay safe all the time. So this fear of failure, through no fault of our own, has been hardwired into our brains because when we feel fear, it's hardwired into us to think that it's a life-or-death situation. And then over the course of time, we hardwire this fear of failure as to be like, oh my God, if I fail, my, my, the tribe is going to laugh at me. My parents are going to be disappointed. My spouse, my partner is going to think I'm a loser. All of these things that are external. These external things, going back to last week's episode, self-worth versus um, self-esteem, you are the one who determines your self-worth. If something got difficult or you got fired from a job, something occurred, it doesn't have to challenge your self-worth, but it could challenge your self-esteem in the fact that other people could begin to look at you differently. So are you wanting to quit something because it got difficult and you're afraid of failure? Because if, if the failure is in your own little bubble and no one else would even notice, would you still want to quit? Is it really that less interesting to you than it was before? Going back to my military friend, very gung-ho till he got there and it became difficult, it became complicated, and all of a sudden he's like, well, yeah, I'd rather just be sitting at home playing video games. Well, that's not real world, bro. 
you're you're 18. You graduated high school. You're out on your own now. There's no home to go back to. Your parents have told you it's time to, to step out on your own, stretch your legs and be an adult. And this is happening all around the country where you're, being, you're going out and you're thinking, well, if this doesn't work out, I'll just go home. For some of you, that may be an option, but is that really the option you want to go back into? If it's temporary and you know you have a plan of action to get yourself out and back out on your own two feet, living your own life, that's great. But if you're doing it thinking, well, I'll do this for a couple years and see where life takes me, you'll be spinning your wheels a lot. So when something gets difficult, are you afraid of that failure? And is that fear of failure, again, internal or external? If you go to college and it doesn't end up working out, and like with me, I got too deep into alcohol and drugs, I did move back into my dad's house at the, from the age of 21 to 24 before I went back out to college. I always had two jobs. In some cases, I would have four because I'd work at all the amusement parks in Orlando, and I'd also be bartending at a sports bar, and I was going to community college. And I had friends I was going out with every night, and I ended up moving in with a girlfriend for about a year and a half. So I really wasn't planted there, but I was definitely working my butt off and saving money to prepare to go to the University of Florida. I always had that as my vision. What is your vision beyond what it is you're currently doing and where you want to go? And that's question number three. What is your vision beyond what you're currently doing and where you want to go and where you want to be? If you seek to be independent, if you seek to create your own life, Perhaps you want to be an entrepreneur. Perhaps one day you want to be a boss or a manager. You know, you want to have money in your bank account so you can do what you want to do. There are definitely absolute positives to going back home, especially after this last year in COVID. I think a lot of us have learned going back home can still be beneficial in as much as we can still be going to school. We can still have our jobs or be saving money. But be decisive. And if that's what you're choosing to do and go back home, make sure that you have a vision for where that's going to take you. Are you going to be bankrolling all your checks, saving that cash so that you can move on with your life? Are you just going to be drinking away the time, just assuming that you can just keep half-assing it through the world, and all of a sudden someone's just going to meet you one day and hand you the opportunity of a lifetime? Things becoming difficult and complicated and not giving you immediate gratification, I mean, that's just the way that the world is. You have to step into the decisiveness, understanding your vision and your plan, and seeing it to fruition. Make sure that the plan you're choosing is for you and not for somebody else. And then ask yourself, are you wanting to quit something because it's difficult and you're afraid to, f- and you're afraid to fail? Again, this afraid to fail thing, I honestly believe that it's an external desire to stay away from. You don't want the external, quote unquote, humiliation that could come from failing at something. But anything worth having is going to become difficult at some point. There's going to be opportunities to stop, to move on. Be the person who keeps pushing through. Think of it as a sports team when they suck, suck, suck for years, like the Cleveland Browns or somebody like that. And then all of a sudden they start to finally get good. When they finally get good, everybody wants to cheer for them because there was decades where they weren't. So this fear of failure that's coming from an external fear, you're afraid of other people seeing you as a failure. Because for yourself, if you have these little stumbles, oh, I didn't get an A, oh, I didn't do as well as I could, then you just say, okay, I'm going to buckle down, I'm going to do it better the next time. And it's just, you're like, okay, cool, I can't wait to the next test so I can prove to myself I've learned it even better. But if you have the external pressure of not failing or the thought that you're getting this external pressure, then all of a sudden, this desire not to be humiliated, not to seem like a failure to other people, 
it could actually unconsciously cause you to not take steps into things that you know inherently are going to be difficult because you don't want to fail in front of people. So you just stay half-assed in it. You just stay status quo in your comfort zone and you do this for the rest of your life, never pushing yourself, never challenging yourself, just staying status quo. And then guess what? In your 40s or 50s, you get to have a midlife crisis. You get to blow up your whole family. (laughs) Midlife crises are what happens to people who settle, 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 settle until they get about 40 or 50 and realize, oh my goodness, how is this my life? I've got to do something right now to change it. And they ultimately, if they had just been taking these amazing steps throughout their life, wouldn't be seeking external gratification in their 40s or 50s. It's internal where you're decisive. Make the decision and see it through. Only you will know if you're ultimately quitting something because it's just a little difficult and complicated and it's going to take some more effort or if you're actually walking away from something because it no longer serves you. I talk about this in the book, and this is important, and I'll leave you on this. Beyond the questions of, are you into something new for you or for someone else? Beyond the question of, is it just difficult and complicated, and are you afraid to fail in front of others? Beyond, what is your vision, and what is your purpose for doing this, and where are you trying to move yourself toward? When we think about those three questions, and those are extremely important, and I want you to have answers for those. Ultimately, and now through that review, I've absolutely forgotten where I was going with that. I even tried to pause the recording and think of it, and I think the last thing I had us at was you know this midlife crisis idea. So beyond those three questions, what you really want to begin to grow and build inside of yourself is this ability to be decisive, take action, and stay disciplined. When you make a decision, understand why you're making that decision and see it through to completion. Only you will know if it's no longer serving you. And that's something that you'll have to ask yourself. Is this really not serving me? Is it time to move on? Because this will happen in relationships. This will happen at jobs. This will happen in your life that things really just are no longer serving you. If you stay in those things that are no longer serving you, you're actually then you're staying in that little box. Then you're staying in your comfort zone. So while I don't necessarily recall where I was going with it towards the end there with the midlife crisis, I think if anything, the point I was trying to make is the behaviors you're doing now, whether you stick through things too long, whether you stick through things just long enough, whether you participate, dabble in, dip your toe in, be mindful of your behaviors. You have to be self-aware enough to look at your own life and deduce whether you're, you're, you're in and out of things because you just can't seem to get settled or you're afraid of failing? Or is, are you actually afraid of succeeding? Are you just afraid of all the new responsibilities that will come if you are successful in this new endeavor? I'll leave you on this. I used to think I had a fear of failure. And in a way, I still think that there's that whisper of that in me. But oftentimes what ends up happening is that whenever I start to see some successes, my mind starts to spin on this spiraling down the rabbit hole where it thinks, oh my goodness, well, I'm doing successful and now I'm getting more clients and now I'm getting colleges requesting me to come speak and now I'm going and I'm doing all of these things. That's a lot of responsibility. What if I let somebody down? I don't want to let anyone down, so I'm not even going to take this chance. I'm better to just stay in my comfort zone than push myself so far out of my comfort zone that one day I have to let someone down or I inadvertently let somebody down. And that might happen. And it might not happen. Ultimately, that's a mind read. 
that is future pacing so far down the line, it does not serve me now. So don't get yourself caught up in the specifics of certain things. Well, what happens if I get so good at the violin that a year from now I want to leave home and go to Juilliard? Just learn hot cross bonds and be happy that you stuck with it long enough that when you picked it up, you knew how to play it well and you could enjoy it. And maybe you could even play a little happy birthday for one of your siblings or your parents. Be decisive. Know why you're getting into something. Understand if it's just difficult and you're afraid of failure and then reverse that and say, what a, why not be so excited and confident for the success that there's no doubt that you'll succeed? And understand the vision and where you're going with this. Much like my podcast, I have an idea and a vision of how I want them to end. And generally I get there. And sometimes I ramble on for about five minutes trying to remember what it was I was thinking about. But either way, You've had an opportunity to learn about being decisive today. So go and be decisive. Think about what it is you want to achieve in life. Make the decision and see it through to fruition. I'll see you next week. As always, the power of positive energy, release and flow, inclusivity over exclusivity. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.